I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what the situation may be, but you serve a mighty God. Father, uh, we just want to thank you for this time. We want to thank you for this space, Lord. We want to thank you for the conversations that are happening right now. Um, these, This conversation and conversations all over the world that we just want to thank you for. Uh, and thank you for people that are following, you know, the calling that you put on their heart, you know, with, with uh, Catherine and Julian and everything they're doing with this podcast, Lord, let it be blessed. Let this conversation honor you. And at the end of the day, Lord, let our opinions mm-hmm. fall away. And let whatever you want to be here, to be here. So we ask you, we invite you into the space. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would definitely say that my emotions are um, all over the place. Um, I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Um, I'm uncomfortable. Um, and I think a lot of it was that video of George Floyd and us and it being so public and everybody seeing it. Yeah. I think that was maybe, I don't want to say the first time, but the first time in a long time where you maybe everybody got to see something like that. I'm maybe a little bit more like used to, not to that extent, obviously, but like a shooting or, or whatever the case may be. I really draw in and do my research and kind of figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but with George Floyd, that was just like, I think anyone who watched that kind of felt yeah. their stomach yeah. turned because it was like, there's a guy who, a, a black man who's screaming for help, saying he can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, while there's a, a white male on it seemed like there was a ton of pleasure um, in doing that and choking the guy and that was just super uneasy to watch Mm -hmm. Um, and for me watching that video I kept thinking like I wish I was there almost like I kept picturing myself like if I was in the if I was actually there I could like jump would i jump in can you jump in why isn't no anyone jumping in mm-hmm. um kind of thought process there so with watching that that's where a lot of my emotions are and then as we see everything that's going on with the uh, protesting then now there's a ton of rioting um and then i for me you know just walking on the street, it's, it's, it's different. People are kind of looking. I think people are a little bit more aware yeah, um, yeah. now that when they see a black person or an African American, they're kind of like, you know, I feel like they're all looking at me. <laughs> um, and it's super uncomfortable yeah. in the sense of like, this is what it, it's always been like this, at least for, from my point of view and from my experiences, it's, it's just been different. Yeah. Um, going to places and feeling those emotions is kind of something that I've always dealt with. But now with this being so, with this rolling out and us seeing all of this, it's kind of like, okay, now I know each and every one of you feel this, you see this, what are we going to do about it? Because it's been, this has been going on for years. Um, This isn't anything new. 
And while I love and I appreciate all the momentum um, with all of this, my fear is that it'll die down in a sense. And once it's over and it all blows over, it's like, okay, but we got to continue to take the right steps in the right direction to fix the issue um, and to identify that there is racism is still alive it's very much alive it's always been alive mm-hmm. um, and how are we going to properly put enforce change mm. like it, it we have to go up from here like yeah. this has to change like we've all i think everyone's seeing it and, and experiencing that um they don't know a lot about it they don't know it, it's a subject that's a little touchy for some people and now you're really having to sit down and have the conversation with um each other mm-hmm. so i'm kind of all over the place but it's just like that's how i feel with my emotions like i'm i'm so just like i'm so frustrated i'm so sad i'm just i'm everywhere with with all of it um and just trying to direct my focus to help the those who are asking me like what can i do um those who are saying, you know, I, I got your back. I'm here for you. Mm. Just trying to like calm myself and say, okay, like <laughs> I, I know you guys want to help and I am so appreciative of that, but it, it, it's bigger than me. It, it's, it's way bigger and you got to do your research. We have access to so much right now. We have access to anything, anything you want, you can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that social media is putting some of those tools and resources out there. Yeah. But um, it's just been hard. It's been really, really hard. So just trying to navigate it, um, especially with everything that's going on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. Yeah, Joel. Um. Yeah, I, um, I'm right there with you. Um, there are there are so many things that have gone on um, in inside of me in the last ten days. Um, I feel like I haven't like slept. Um, I know I haven't slept. I haven't um, had a clear mind. There has not been a moment that I've been awake that I have that I have not had something in my mind. Um, thinking through it, praying through it, haven't been on my knees this much. And, you know, what's crazy is that, you know, this whole, the world, you know, was already upside down for the last two and a half months. Yeah. So I was already like, yeah, I haven't been on my knees this long, you know, this many times in my life. I haven't prayed this much. I haven't, I haven't, you know, counseled this many people or, or tried to shepherd it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this happens and that, that even an overdrive situation turned into an over the hyperdrive situation and and so there there has been it's been a lot you know i have i'm a i'm a father so you know one one thing that i think that uh has for me has actually been a little bit like provided a bit a little bit of clarity is for a lot of my life uh being biracial um half black half italian and uh and irish Mm. um and I don't look like a black guy and I'm definitely not a white guy. Mm. And, and so I've always kind of had these things, you know, these things that, you know, they say biracial kids deal with about fitting in and not really fitting in and where do I fit in and do I fit in? Mm. And one thing that I realized in this time 
um, is just is really kind of falling into my exact identity for the first time in my life, which is a weird thing to get out of it. But I am a black man Mm. in a body that's been a little bit more acceptable for white people to be around. Wow. And just realizing that, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. The crazy, the funny part about it is like, if you're black and you hang out with me, you know that I'm black. (laughs) It's like, it doesn't take you that long to figure it out. Like, oh, you know, I've actually had people be like, oh, this dude's a black dude. And then, but, and if you're white and you hang out with me, it might just be like, I don't really know what he is. Mm. (laughs) I know he's not white, but you know, like, I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so, but in that, uh, what I what I think has been kind of incredible in this season is that I, it, it's making me realize the different conversations that I've been able to be behind be in f- behind the scenes yeah. for my whole life. Wow! And and I watch, and I have watched, you know, every single reaction and tried to tune out as much as possible because I, I realize that the rawness of the reactions sometimes. Um, in any direction, in both directions, in every direction, um, can be so exacerbated and be and so much hurt and pain can pour out of out of reaction that you know it's very it's I try to always take a step back as as often as I can from social media and just say, you know, I'm good for a minute. Um, you know, I need to go ahead and, you know, uh, make sure that I'm, I'm good. I'm kind of like, you know, stable in the things that I have going on. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm also a father to a a little girl who's 25% black, but looks like a total, total white girl. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, a little activist in the making. Mm -hmm. And I, and, you know, very similar to like my life growing up, I was born and raised in an all black neighborhood. And I was shipped out of that neighborhood to go to the rich white elementary school. Um, and so, you know, I know that's the best decision. My parents, you know, my, my, my parents like fought for us to, to be blessed out of my neighborhood because the quality of the education in the black neighborhood just wasn't the same as yeah. the quality of the education in the, at the white school. And so, but what that did was that made me the high yellow kid at home that, you know, didn't go to the same school and didn't fit in because it definitely wasn't black. And then I went to the rich white elementary school and we weren't rich by any stretch in the imagination. And so I didn't fit in there and I was too dark. Um, and so I, I kind of had to kind of, I kind of had to figure out how to fit in with everybody yeah. um, over the course of my life. And, and it's, and I wouldn't change a thing to be honest, would not change one thing. The conversations I've had um, behind the scenes have just been, incredibly enlightening and i feel like this is kind of this is might be why you know this this time period might be why um and so i told you i was going to share something real quick that i wrote um just add a little bit more context to the conversation as well and then i think you can probably just hear some of the ways that i feel about all that's going on yeah um but i feel like this writing this was like felt like having a kid because it was like building inside of me, building inside of me, building inside of me. And then I, and then I was like, so it was so hard to like write it. It was painful almost. Um, I wrote it in tears half the time. Um, and then like when I put, when I hit send, I was like, you know, like, Oh my gosh, it's out, you know, like it's a baby. Um, but as it's kind of matured in the last couple of days, uh, it seems like something that people have, you know, at least been able to hear some truth through. So, um, I, I highlighted the first first line. I do not condone violence or rioting. 
And then I start the post. Mm. You feel that fear, that uncertainty, the thickness in the air. You hear those sirens. Have you had to explain the confusion and potential danger to your kids? You look around and see destruction. Are you nervous about what's going to happen overnight? Welcome to the hood. Welcome to the way that people in poor communities feel every day. People in the same city that you live in experience this every single day. Oh, don't worry about it. You're, you're going to get used to it. For real, don't worry. No one else really will worry about it. It'll become normal. You'll become desensitized to the violence and the fear. It'll set in like a thick traumatic callus over your heart and your emotions. You'll watch every car that passes by. I mean, that person could be someone trying to kill you or rob you. You'll wake up every day wondering if something's going to pop off. Eventually, you'll stop even being scared. You'll, you won't even feel scared. You only know what, what fear is. You'll have seen enough to be prepared for what might pop off. Fight or flight? No, nah. it's fight or fight or die. Mm. Errands, running errands ends up being, running ends up being a death sentence. You'll see death happen in front of you and it'll happen in slow motion. Not like in the movie, slow motion, but like more like the more clearly you're able to think as the destruction happens, then you'll eventually stop crying. You'll duck, maybe you'll run, maybe, or maybe you'll just get so good at hearing bullets that you'll know that you're in danger or where they, where they aimed at you were not. You'll go to more funerals than weddings. Imagine that tonight lasts for more than a night or more than two nights or more than a week. Imagine this is your life. Oh, Joel, you can't, this can't be real. You're being dramatic or writing for a dramatic effect. No, I'm not. I'm actually talking about Joel Barnes. Me, this is my story. This was me growing up. Once when we were walking home from the bus stop, there was a shooting on the next block. My, girl, my friend's girlfriend ducks, hits the ground, screams and cries out. And we all started laughing at her. Girl, that was on the next block. Get up. And we laughed at her. Because we were that good at hearing bullets being fired, we were that traumatized. Obviously, since then, I realized that she had the correct reaction. First time I got beat up by a cop, I was 12. The second time, I was 14. When I was 15, I was hogtied with friends and lined up and put on display for hundreds of cars to drive by an inter a busy intersection. Yes, if you asked, well, what did you do? Then you probably don't want to get it. But... I was just riding my bike and I was doing kids stuff. Nothing illegal. Don't be sorry about it. Like I said, I wouldn't change one thing in my life. But what I want you to hear is that there are so many wounds that run so much deeper than you could ever imagine. There's trauma built on top of trauma on top of trauma in the black and brown community. No, it doesn't make sense to loot. <laughs> no one, but, but how can you expect someone who has endured trauma for their whole life to make sensible decisions? Don't get it twisted. This is not okay. I would never want any of you to feel this scared or anxious or nervous. And I don't want it for my brothers and sisters in the hood either. The kindling for this fire has been added for decades. You're right. This isn't 100% about George Floyd anymore. These are wounds that are decades deep. Anytime you try to clean a wound that's festered, it hurts. I'm not defending this madness, but maybe you are thinking a little bit more about the hurt that has to build in order to produce what you're witnessing. 
It doesn't make sense. Well, then why? This is just chaos. Well, then how do we get here? They are tearing up their own neighborhoods. What would make hurt be felt that deeply? Keep asking questions. Keep looking towards truth. Quit having opinions that you aren't, that you haven't lived. Take a break from believing everything you hear on Facebook. Stop reading every headline as truth. Ask how you can advocate for your brothers and sisters. And so I think that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to see what God does. I mean, and, and, it, and it seems almost at times I've had people react to that like, oh, so you're okay with it. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. But if you've ever had like a grandparent die and you hear someone else's grandparent dies, like what happens to your heart? What happens to you? You connect directly to that person. You know what it feels like. You can, you have a window into being empathetic, actually empathetic with that person. And I think that the trauma that we've experienced in the last 10 days, I'm praying that God has a bigger and better use for it. I have confidence that he has a bigger and better use for it. And, and I think that that might be one of the ways. Mm. I don't know. And I think it's so important that you, you name it as trauma. Um, because when you understand it from, or you can at least look at it from that lens that this, you guys are part of a community, a race that has been traumatized from the very beginning of this country from, from the very beginning. And with trauma comes anger and hurt and fear and pretty much every reaction that we're seeing right now. Um, so yeah, I think that that understanding it from that also gives you an access to empathy and it gives you an access to understand like behind any, any anger and violence and, you know, how we can see a reaction as wrong. It's hurt and it's, it's, uh, it's fear and trauma and things that you have been through that put your, put your life in danger just because of the color of your skin and what you look like and where you live. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I want to, you mentioned a lot of what it is to be, what it's like to be a black male. And Jasmine, I want to get your, your perspective as a black female, because we know that like what, what it's come down to is that nobody has been exempt from the, just the brutality of what's been going on. You know, it, it might have been, Oh, they're, you know, profiling black men, but now it's, you know, like Breonna Taylor getting killed in her own home and, and just being a black female, like talk to us about your perspective from that. And working in an industry that is so overrun by white women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, everything you shared, Joel, I understand it. I feel it. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, for me, it's very similar to Joel's story. Um, I've personally been pulled over by a cop and harassed by a cop. Um, and 
for nothing, really. Um, just for like a made up excuse. And um, I would say that I don't really necessarily, a lot of things just like walking around, I'm immune to it. I'm so used to it. So very similar to what Joel said, it's like, oh, I'm not scared. Like, come on. There, there are probably situations that you would probably think that maybe I should be a little bit nervous going into, or you would think like, oh, you're not scared, or that didn't trigger you or whatever, unless it was an earthquake. When we talk about that, that's a whole different <laughs> But um, you may think like, okay, why is she, why is she so comfortable? And it, it's because of very much of what Georgia shared. I'm so used to it. It's mm-hmm. nothing. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, it, I'm fine. I would say there are times where if you want to put the woman part in there, um, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous mm-hmm. uh, walking by myself at night mm-hmm. um, or during the evening. It's kind of like I have to watch over my back in, the, in that sense. Yeah. Um, so that's where my fear would be. But it's, it's, it's normal almost just kind of growing up on the south side of uh, Lansing, Michigan and living in what they would, con- the hood and just it's nothing new. And then, you know, moving here to Chicago, it's, it's, almost feels like home in a way mm-hmm. um so it's very very similar to joel's story and i just experienced a little bit more of like the, the woman's side of it and, mm-hmm. and dealing with that um but in the workplace it's been very different it's been very challenging so uh working in corporate america i have only worked for one um african-american um during my time in retail and that for me was like i the best i had i just had so much fun working at that store and at that location because it was such a diverse store and it was completely different um than anything that i was used to but what i've what i've noticed working um in fashion and retail is it seemed the higher as i go up the less black people there are. Um, And so I just noticed when I go into meetings, you start to pick up on it. You're like, me? Okay. And you're like looking around the room. You're like, oh, okay. All right. Okay. It's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like sometimes I'm more quiet in those situations where I'm like, I don't really want to speak because I, they may not want to hear what I have to say. They might look at me funny. Yeah. They may just like brush it over, like, oh, like whatever, because that has happened before. Um, and so I've just had to push on that and really push from working in management when I hire, making sure there are people that look like me. I, wow. I know that when you go shopping, there's just not a, when you go shopping, the not a ton of black people, maybe in some of these higher end stores per se. And so they look at you funny when you go in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what that feels like. So I want to make sure when you come into my department, you don't experience that mm-hmm. by making sure that I hire more diverse people, but it, it shouldn't just be me hiring those people. Right. It needs to be everybody across the board. And I think people may view it as, Oh, Jasmine's hiring, you know, a black person or a, um, a Latino person because she she's black or she wants to hire some black and brown people. But it's like, no, yeah. you guys need to do that too. You guys have to make sure we are 
as diverse and inclusive as possible because I know what it feels like to go into a store and everybody's just looking at me. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, to me, like heat kind of rushing in your body and you're like, you get nervous and not that I'm doing anything, but it's just like, why is everybody looking at me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Why is everyone putting a judgment on me and you don't even know me? There's stereotypes and there's people who act to those stereotypes without even getting to know me. So mm-hmm. it, it's difficult. And me being young and working really high up in a company and expressing my emotion can come off as angry. And I'm like, I'm not angry. Mm-hmm. You're not the angry black woman. <laughs> I'm just the word across. Yeah. Um, I'm just, you know, I'll call my mom and she's like, you just got to don't be nervous. Don't be. And I'm like, but they're, they're coming at me kind of funny. And I, and I, yeah. and I've noticed for me, um, a lot of what I do is I transition everything to be funny. Mm. Because mm. It's funny. It's like, they take it, but it's not like wow. angry or mm. they'll laugh. So you'll laugh at it. And then you'll be like, Oh, you'll hear what I said. Mm. Yeah. But, um, it's kind of like, I'm, my humor is my pain and sometimes what i'm trying to say is not funny no it's it's not funny in here but in order for me to get it across to you for you to understand it and to not take it the wrong way i have to put it i have to make it a joke wow but when i have to have when someone needs to give me a conversation or a coaching conversation or give me any kind of feedback they don't put it as a joke they're very straightforward and direct so it's like i can't do that so, you, you know, you get, yeah. you got to Yeah, it's almost like you're, it, it's you having to be conscious every moment of everything that you do, every achievement that you have, every conversation you have, whether it's just saying hi or hello, you mm-hmm. have to be conscious of the color of your skin. And that, and that you, sucks. You literally have to have to work over time to try to figure out what the stereotype is that's in the room wow. and how to best engage with the stereotype. It is. And, and um, today, Jasmine, I learned a big word today. Um, the people, when they have multiple la- kind of layers of prejudice that are kind of in them and embody them, um, like a woman and a black woman, like two things that can be, you know, uh, prejudice can be held it's called intersectionally marginalized mm. and so there's there's multiple things that meet up at that point where you are black and a woman and then and now there's a in at that cross section there's intersection there the intersectional marginalization is angry black women mm. so you actually have to you has, actually have to over engage over understand the the dynamic what's going on inside the room like think ahead of the stereotype that's there and then think and back yourself into being right or, mm-hmm. or, or even having your, your voice heard. Yes, yes. And it is exhausting. Yeah. And I can tell you, I can, no, here's the thing. It's exhausting. Again, I have say, keep saying it. I wouldn't change anything in my, anything about my life period. But I have, I, because I've actually made it a game. I try to figure out what the stereotype is and I, and I go after it and I try to undo it. Um, the the things about like, I'm six and a half feet tall, uh, you know, bald, I look mean, but I'm a big teddy bear. So there's a con, there's a contradiction there. So people can, but, but that's a, that's an on purpose thing so that people can kind of like, once they, once you can kind of trick someone into like, like that, that comfort, cause it's like, Oh, I expected him to be mean. And you know, he's a big old teddy bear. Now we're closer. 
And you actually would have shot right past me and ignored anything if I let your stereotype live Mm -hmm. and if I let your way of thinking win. So I almost have to you you almost have to you almost have to be aware enough to work against it. If you look at um, African-Americans in the workplace, the ones that are successful. Now, here's the thing. This is how how messed up it is. The ones that are successful are good at playing that game so well that eventually all the other black people start calling them Uncle Tom mm. and, are start, and start saying like, oh, you're a sellout. You're the sellout. You you kissing up the massa. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So now you actually are you're 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 working extra to try to undo stereotype that exists in the world, mm. you know, already that you have to be aware of. Mm. I mean, I found myself turning my head, my hat to the front when I'm driving my car. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, because at the end of the day, I just rather, I don't know, play the game if I, (laughs) you know, like, and, 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 but, but no one else has to think about that. You know, I I find myself trying to undo some of those stereotypes before I even engage Mm. in order for us to even be able to make any kind of progress and you to be able to even get to know me. Yeah. Yeah. I have to get past the stereotype. So. Yeah. And you know, with, Sorry, I'm getting in trouble for not holding the mic closer to me. <laughs> um, with with prejudice and bias, it's like those things operate on almost an unconscious level. And it's the way that racism is so embedded in our system in ways that you would never even know. Like the Instagram algorithm having, you know, the, the fists or the skin colors go from white to black or... Um, or, you know, when the media is is labeling these uh, the violent looting as the George Floyd demonstrations, those just little ways of of further embedding like the narrative that of of racism. And um, but you guys are saying that, no, that's that's not unconscious to us. Like we have to be aware of it and we have to work with it and through it every single day. And Yes, I I can imagine that would be so exhausting. That that is always something that you have to think about. And um I guess like what where where is the starting point in all of this? There's so many different conversations that we need to have. Police brutality, black people in the workplace, um you know, all all of these things. Where where is the like most tangible place to start? Or like I just so I just started therapy and I'm working through some things and I had I'm always thinking about the end result. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think a way to word that it be before you even start is like, what's the next easy, not not easy, but what's the next right thing to do? Hmm. What's the next right thing to do? I'm going to even rephrase it from there and say, Jazz, what do you how do people see you mm. today? Because I can tell you that you know, even even you exp- explaining people reaching out, like the, even that's kind of like mm-hmm. there's something that's inside of us that's like, oh, now you get it. Now you want to reach out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's on Instagram. So now you remember that you have a black friend. So right. but, so what? Do you, you know what I'm saying? It's what true, do though, you, what it's do true. you what do you want? Like what in your heart makes will make you feel seen? And it doesn't have to be by a white person. It doesn't have to be by anybody, just by anybody. What What do you want? Yeah, I feel like it's, we're lacking understanding. And, and kind of what I said earlier, like 
we live in a time where every you have access to get whatever you need like whatever you want whenever you need it like mm-hmm. i don't think you really need to call on me what well, mm-hmm. i'm thankful i don't i don't want to get that kind of mixed up well i'm so happy that you're thinking of me and reaching out mm-hmm. it's like you guys can do the same thing um even for me there are just films that i watched there's um a series that i i watched on netflix a while back when it was released called when when they see us Mm -hmm. um about the central park five yeah yeah. i've already watched that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i would hope that when that came out you know my friends and and some other family members you guys have already done that yeah there's just so much there's so many resources that everyone has access to and i think that while asking that question is good do it google mm-hmm. ask siri you need to one to one um response ask her because it shouldn't be my job to because i have people who are reaching out and i'm like i'm not gonna go- research for you like mm. again not you're doing it again you and that just goes back to the story of me making it funny so that it comes so it, you can understand like it's so yeah. much work yeah so i'm tired yeah and we all are seeing what's happening i i mean i've seen this is nothing new yeah, yeah. i think if you were to go around and you know ask how many people have been over how many people have been questioned how many people feel uncomfortable all these questions that you guys are asking there's a lot of us there's a handful of us i, I don't want to say all but i want to say all mm. <laughs> because mm. it just comes with it, it, it yeah. Yeah. i think we forget about it because we're so used to it and we're also trained like there are conversations that my parents have had to um sit down and talk to me about like hey you need to be more aware when you go here, make sure you, it's just little things, stand up and mm-hmm. smile on it. And so we also teach that in our young boys and our men, like yeah. you get pulled over, you need to like, come on. Like mm-hmm. a lot of like, I, I think of like the little puppet things Yeah, yeah. Right, when I think of that, because mm-hmm. we have to teach them all of these things so that if they are pulled over or questioned, they know how to act. Um, they know how to respond. And so there's so much teaching, I think, in the Black community. And I, I think that in other, um, whether you're white, like, you know, whatever, I think you you also have to do the same thing with your children and also do the same thing for yourself. Yeah. Um, and while I think I've had a lot of white friends who are uh, not racist at all, their parents, maybe, right. their grandparents, uh-huh. like, right. I, is it grandma? Grandma's looking at me kind of funny. <laughs> they might say like she's it's okay. Like they like you. Mm. Yeah. Like but they should like all. Oh. Yeah. 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 So yeah. there's so much. You're a good one. Involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I um I feel like I have been in training for the, these moments for my entire life. Um I also, you know the trip right before. So we were all on a trip together to El Salvador with Enlace. Um, that's where the, the earthquake story keeps coming back yeah. from. Um, we were all in an earthquake together. Um, and we had to, you know, I, I didn't get out of bed, but you know, some people <laughs> ran, you know, it was cool. 
Uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, so we made some, some memories and had some connections there. Um, and I think that, you know, and, and, but I've kind of been on this ministry path for a minute and yeah. it's been clear that guys calling me into ministry. And so for me that it looks a little bit different because I've been armed with the ability to be behind the scenes with everybody for so long that I, and I, and I just feel like it is, it's like, of course, that's what you would want me to, you know, help teach people or have conversations with about with, you know, because it's the thing that I know the best, you know, I'm not a, I'm not even like a, I'm a rookie pastor, but I'm like a, but I'm not a great Bible scholar. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I am great at being black and a safe enough body to be behind, behind lines with white people too. So, you know what I'm saying? So I've been behind enemy lines on both sides. And when I, and I can say that knowing there's black people that hate white people and there's white people that hate black people. And I've sat by them both and been like, well, that's really interesting. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that I'm uniquely equipped for some, for whatever reason to kind of facilitate, maybe host and moderate some of these conversations. So, you know, so this is the type of stuff, this is the type of stuff that has to happen Yeah. because someone can, and the more of them that can happen, the better The getting on a call. I was having a conversation. I put that post into the, uh, the West loop, kind of fan page on on Facebook and I expected a lot of adverse reaction because sometimes not the nicest like place whatever for whatever reason it's kind of like a get off my lawn Facebook page is what I, what it feels like it's like you know so there's always a problem with something and this is like really important oh, wow. and so I didn't know how the the posts would go over but but it it was cool to to have people say you know thank you for sharing this I wouldn't have thought of that And I would love to talk more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think that there's something that's going to be that's going to be really, really amazing, hopefully, in this next season where maybe more people have more intentional conversations Mm -hmm. and 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 listen on and don't listen to react or listen to interject your opinion. Listen to like really understand. And then you know, have the courage to convict yourself mm-hmm. and say, yeah, that's something I did. I mean, I can hear, I can, I hear, you know, I, I hear what, when, you know, so I, I emotionally skipped the Ahmad Arbery situation. Wow. I blacked out. I, I like compartmentalized it. I didn't really care what anybody was saying about it mm-hmm. because I was like, you're going to forget about this in a couple of days. Wow. And, I, and, and so I was completely checked out in that whole situation. And, and so I'm just, but I'm just as guilty because there were people that were like, how do you feel about this? And me and my mind, I was like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I, yeah. that's not the right way. That's, that's, that's wrong of me too, because people are trying to come and get the, but I was over it. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, you know, like now, oh, now you want to, because we're in quarantine and everyone's bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this second one happened and I was like, and I don't know what it was and I don't know what it has been, but it has felt like something changed, yeah. like something is changing. And, and I can feel it like in the world that something is changing. And so but in order for me to be a participant and a change agent agent, because that is my calling, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in order for me to even play that part, I had to get over my. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Yeah. I'm the closest thing to a black person that, you know, you don't even really know that I'm black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, yeah. and, and so I had to fight that though. I had to, I had to get on my knees and be like, God, I'm sorry for that. 
that's not that's not what you would have done. That's not what you did. Imagine how stupid Jesus had to think everybody was. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Asking him questions. Like, well, I created stars. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Who? What's the greatest commandment? But he didn't. You know, he, he received it with love and compassion. Mm-hmm. And he always listened. He always answered. He, he said convicting. He said the things that were convicting to mm-hmm. us that allowed us to challenge ourselves. And typically it was in question form. So it was, mm-hmm. it, that is compassionate in its in and of itself. Yeah. He didn't even tell us half the things that are in the Bible. He, he presented them as questions, mm-hmm. challenges back. No, you tell me what it is. You tell me what the question is. You tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. You tell me how to answer that. You find it. It's, it's in the scripture, you know? And so there, and, 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 and I take the back, there was a lot of things that he, he declared to be true mm-hmm. and he can do that because he's God, but but he was so gracious with his questions. Mm-hmm. And, and if we could be gracious with our questions, mm. if we could be like, and then gracious with our answers. Yeah. And then that can maybe stimulate a conversation that can actually change something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more proud of the few people that responded to the post and was like, thanks for sharing this. I never thought of that. Wow. I'm more proud of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because just admitting that you never would have thought of that, mm-hmm. you know, as a perspective. Um, so, yeah. And so when you say that you, you feel equipped to handle these conversations, <laughs> keep in shit. Yeah. um, does that like one, does that feel like a lot of pressure? And two, when you start feeling like you were with, um, with the death of Ahmad, um, you start feeling like you want to shut down. You start maybe feeling a little apathetic or just um, like, what's the point? Like, how do you balance those things of like this feeling like God has equipped me to be in this place, to be the way I am, to look the way I am. And, um, but yet I am feeling emotionally overloaded. Mm. Uh, it was a great question. And I can't tell you that I have the answer figured out because there's some days where I'm just like, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do it. I need to tap out. Mm-hmm. I need to get on my knees. I need to, uh, today I got to fight my battle and I can't really answer anybody else's questions yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there's, there's, that might be part of the answer is I have, I have been, um, I have, I have, not rushed my answers i have not rushed my responses i have tried to take my time to to think through i mean remember i was born and raised in the hood i was born and raised in a black neighborhood went to all white schools my mom's white and she was in the hood with everybody you know what i'm saying like she was that outcast she was the outcast yeah. you know i was an outcast and she was an outcast for two different reasons and so and I watched her navigate with with patience. And my dad was a Black Panther, by the way. Okay. Another hiccup to the story. Uh-huh. And he was a pastor. And he was abusive. It was uh-huh. just like turn wow. after turn after turn. Like you're gonna see everything, God, all <laughs> wow. Joel, and all in one place. Mm. But 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 I think what what I learned from my mom being in that position was, I mean, my mom, my my, my grandfather ostracized my mom like disowned my mom when my parents got married the first time that the first time. And that was normal. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it was normal. It's 1978. Yeah. I guess that's old now, but (laughs) in 1978, it was like, he was like, no, he's Italian immigrant. 
And and he was like, no, nah. like you're oh yeah, you want to marry a black guy? Okay, bye. And then it was it wasn't till I was till I was born um that he considered seeing me. Wow. And then kind of started allowing my dad to come around. And then next thing you know, like he ends up being the person that's my my father figure that that you know when he by the time he died at 18 love had changed him so much mm. that that he was he was the person that i ended up looking up to wow. but just kind of back to my mom and her I, what i watched i've watched love win so many times like through her through you know my grandfather and through so many other, of these other stories i've watched love win so many times yeah. that that i'm confident that love will win mm. And I'm also very, very cautious about mm. thinking that it's going to be me that does it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be God that does it. Mm-hmm. So that gives me time to be like, hey, y'all back up for a minute. Mm-hmm. I need a minute. You know what I'm saying? Whether I speak into it today or tomorrow or never, God's, in, God's God at all. He's in control. Wherever I can play my part, my role, cool. But but I have had to learn. This is something I've just learned with being old, I guess, is that you got to sometimes take a step back and say, I, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this. I don't have it in me right now. And I'm not going to rush or force an, an, uh, a, re- a response. I don't want to because it's not going to be the best version of me. Mm. You know, once I started realizing that I I had some like, oh, now I've, I call it the oh, now use. Be like I, this, the oh, now yeah. use like, oh, now you want to know? Oh, now you want to ask me? Oh, now you remember that I'm black. <laughs> yeah. I had a situation. Yeah. I had a situation where there was a there was a a black man defend me for the first time in a conversation that I ever had. And I looked at the black dude and I was like, oh, now I'm black. You wow. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. now, you know, I'm black. Like, it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so me, I'm like. Everywhere I look, it's it's a, it's a little. I, someone's getting the oh now use, mm. but I got to get over that, and I have to process some of those things because I think that that's also a fair. Uh, a f- it's it's okay that that's there yeah. to me as long as I'm doing the work for, around it. It's okay that it's there because working through that trauma is going is is going to help me maybe help to be a bridge at some point. I even mm. po- posted today, so you heard the post that I wrote a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Today I was like, hey. My black, brown, yellow, and mixed brothers and sisters, make sure that y'all are make sure that y'all aren't upset or too hard on, on some of these people that are waking up for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe pour them a cup of coffee, let them yeah. brush their teeth mm-hmm. and get the get the sleep out of their eyes because they've been asleep for a minute. Mm-hmm. And and what do you want someone to do when you've been asleep for a minute? Mm-hmm. Like let you wake up a little bit. Yeah. Not be like, oh, now you're awake. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we gotta check on we gotta check ourselves on both sides. Mm-hmm. But once we can get past that, and I think we'll be in that raw, that really raw reactive space for a little bit. Yeah. But once we can start to move and, and, and that's fine. Let's sit in it. Let's let's like yeah. let it happen and listen the whole way through. Wow. Um, you know, what I'm saying like, let's listen the whole way through whatever you feel compared, compelled to share that, you know, is the truth. Share it. But listen more than you speak. Mm. Everybody mm-hmm. in the next little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then once and then once you feel like, oh, you know what? I've I've got the resource. Like Jazz was telling me, there's resources everywhere. I got the mm-hmm. resource. I've watched the thing. 
that's the thing that I'm going to stand up yeah. with. As long as you pick up part of this injustice monster and own it and say, this is going to be the thing, mm -hmm. then I think we're all going to be good. Because if everybody does that, then we have a, we, it's a heavy lift. It's a big, heavy lift. Yeah. We got to do it to, together. Yeah. And, and many hands make light work. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said, the days that you want to, that you're like, I can't handle it today. I can't. And those are the days where like you, sorry, um, like we we can pick up the slack for you and mm. that's what education does it allows us to do that mm -hmm. yeah and it gives us like the proper things to say and yeah. it, even if we yeah. aren't saying the right things mm -hmm. like we're learning what to say mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and and to go off that too is like that's exact like you're saying there's resources everywhere you know, but instead of me, you know, going out and buying another book and, and doing that, like you guys can be our, the like everybody has somebody around them. That's a person of color. Come on. We live in 2020. But mm -hmm. you you have to you for us. It's like approaching you and asking you, hey, can you talk to me? Can you can you mm -hmm. teach me? Just, you know, you're probably our best resources, not just you two in general, but just like going to the per your neighbor, man, and saying, hey, I'm sorry. I, I want to know more. I, I, mm -hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like for me that that's probably how I want to learn. I want to learn from you guys. You guys, if I say I love you and I call you my friends and my family and and Joe, I let you uh, baptize me, you know what I mean? I asked mm -hmm. you because I trust you and mm -hmm. I didn't care what shade you are. You know what I yeah. mean? Cuz that don't mean nothing. Your right. spirit meant everything for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that like I want to go to you because I want to learn. You've been through it. You got the experience. You got the wisdom. I'll read. I'll read the books that. Hey, maybe Joel recommend me some books where I can learn. Mm -hmm. But I want to start mm -hmm. with you guys. That's where I feel like that's so important. Yeah. 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 And though, when you feel like you are overwhelmed with trying to teach people, then yeah. it's also our responsibility mm -hmm. to pick it up on our end mm -hmm. because we yeah. can't rely totally exactly. yeah. on y'all. Yeah. You for know. Sure. Yeah. There's, you know, there's just, uh, <laughs> there's a lot to be learned, but yeah. Yeah. But for me, it's like, you know, let me, let me talk to my friends. Let me not just, you know, I want to be prepared, but I also want them to know, Hey, I'm here ready to listen. Um, yeah. and so my biggest question, I guess I've been, I've been wanting to ask is like, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. I, you know, I feel like I've always lived in the middle. I grew up in a, in a black church. I have black uncles, black aunts, black cousins, Mm -hmm. I'll never understand the the depth of it, but I but I feel it for them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but I also grew up in a white neighborhood. You know what I mean? I'm sure if I lived, you know, a couple couple blocks down more south in the or more north in the city, I'd be talking a different way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. just the reality of of what it's like. But so I felt always like in the middle but I just want to be open and say, Hey, like I have a lot of work to do, even mm -hmm. though I'm a person of color, I feel like I'm Brown. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm -hmm. Puerto Rican, but I have a lot to learn Yeah. and I don't want, yeah, I don't want blocks or street names or colors or anything to block me from, from going and, and knowing the depth of what, what I can do and how I can be there. Um, so me personally, I want to ask you to like, where can somebody like me, start how, mm -hmm. how can I be better I'm willing and ready how can I be better I know 
you know, I don't want that question to come off as anything, but I'm truly just asking like, hey, like really like coming to you for wisdom, like what can I do as your friend and as as a brother in Christ and and how to just be more aware and more educated in this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, books are great, but I, I love how movies and shows are really stepping outside the box and kind of almost making you uh, feel yes. what maybe that person is going through. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have been recommending, I just sat with a friend, we met up at a park and she was asking me a ton of questions and gave us some books, but for the time being in this whole quarantine situation, because we are still in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, with the, at the backdrop um, of it. <laughs> so crazy. There are just so many great movies I recommended uh, when they see us on Netflix. I also mm-hmm. shared um, Fruitville Station. Mm-hmm. I thought that yeah, was a good one. another good one. I think these are Any, all, anything with Michael B. Jordan, apparently, is yeah, a, right? a good one. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> um, I recommended that. I rec- Chelsea Handler, she's hilarious. I think she's funny. Mm-hmm. She has something on Netflix um, as well. So I've just been kind of showing a lot of my friends to that but also podcasts which is mm-hmm. i'm so happy that you're doing this yeah uh, we Thank need you. more of this with everything that's going on it's allowed for things like this to happen it's allowed for those uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. to happen and speaking on me being quiet about it being like oh i want to do that it, now we have to mm-hmm. um and i i i think back and like god works in mysterious ways like really really like mis- like i feel like our stories are they mean something mm, whether yeah. we're going through it and we're like this is just can't like this can't be my life it's like this is my life and i have to think like this is a part of my story and yeah. it's gonna help impact someone yeah yeah um, and walking with christ like it, to be christ-like right mm. so it's putting all of that kind of hate and just all of that emotion a little bit aside not that I can't feel those things but putting it aside and knowing that I had questions and if I had questions I would want to be able to go to someone and them just explain and give me some help and some resources as well so movies I the bible y'all I swear Mm. to you (laughs) it hits different don't it I'm reading it hits different now it's like whoa I'm reading Ecclesiastics right now and the King of Scrolls. Yeah. I mean, I will just sit there and be like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, we're going it's different. Same exact thing right now. It mm-hmm. is in the Bible. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you need a better translation. Wow. I have shoes. <laughs> I just sleep with it because I'm like, I just don't know where else to go or what else wow. to do. And yeah. it's literally the Bible. Wow. And yeah. just taking study guides and reading it and just being like there are so many aha moments where I'm like this is what we're living in right now yeah, this yeah. is what I feel right now yeah. this is what we need to turn to because it's it's in here like mm-hmm. come on right you cannot that's a book that you have to read yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, uh you know I'll uh to keep going in, on that same trail one of the <laughs> One of the thing that God, things that God asks us to do first, and, and if and if you kind of look through any transformation process, um, it's not one of the most popular things to talk about in the church because it kind of sucks. But it's to confess. 
it, it's it's naming it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not willing to name it and say and and and, I, and you've heard me name it, you've heard me name it even on this show. If you're not willing to say, God, I I know that I have this wall up. I know that I'm in this defense mode and that keeps me from connection with people. I know that I have these preconceived notions. I know that I see that person. I think different about that person, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not saying that, that, that always has to be with another person, but let me tell you about vulnerability and confession Mm -hmm. in a personal relationship going, but confessing to a person can only it's one of the most scary things to do, but it's it can only build that relationship more and and open the flows of communication. Uh-huh. It, that's it. Going to a person and saying, you know what? I never really even knew what you were. I never uh-huh. really even knew, you know, what your ethnicity was because uh-huh. I, I was so I was so in my own head about my own thing and I do my own thing. I never even I never thought about where you came from what Mm. what you what your life was like confessing that to someone you know and 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 yeah of course you can always blow up in your face but in reality like 99 Mm -hmm. times out of 100 it's like oh well that's all right Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. now that all right well now that my wall is down and your wall is down, like what can we actually do to actually change the world a little bit? Yeah. Starting here. Wow. You know? And so, and so that's something that I would, and, and that's, and that's in the Bible that God tells us, and, and we have to confess the things. And some of these things are going to be very scary for people to say to another person, but, but, you know, just like Jasmine saying, start with God. Yeah. Start with telling God out loud in your you know prayer time or whatever it is but start by naming it mm-hmm. and saying i am sorry for being and then blank i'm sorry for being racist we all have it in us black and white yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. brown and, and yellow and everybody has it i'm sorry god for the ways that i have i have had these preconceived notions of people just based on seeing them for perhaps a second I'm sorry, Lord. I need you to. I need you to come in here and do something inside of me that's mm. going to help me change in that space. Yeah. To help me submit to that. One of the most powerful things that I that I've probably witnessed in my life is that the power of submitting to allow God to do whatever it is that He that you need Him to do. Yeah. It, it's it's the it's the submission of submission is so much more powerful than it sounds. It sounds like it's giving up your you know liberty or freedom or whatever it is. But in reality, it's just saying, God, I know you're God mm. and I know that I'm not. <laughs> and I and because yeah. you're God and I'm not, I don't have it all figured out. Mm-mm. And and this is where I feel like I'm broken and I need you to help me. Yeah. Oh. And, and he promises that he's going to be with us when we call on him. He promises us that there's not a work that will go unfinished in us. So the promises are all there, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But but getting in your Bible and inviting God into that space, into you, he's the only one that's actually going to be Because here's the thing. If you invite God in, you can't even lie. To, you can't lie about it. can't hide it no. to, to nobody. Because you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm woke. I got, you know, 17 18 black friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, you know, <laughs> you're like, clearly I'm not racist, you know, but, but if you actually invite God into that same conversation and say, Hey God, I actually know how many black friends I have, but 
I don't count anything else in my friendships like that. Mm. Yeah. So that lets me know that I have put them in, a, in into a special category. Wow. And I need to submit that whole way of thinking to you. Mm. I need you to like decimate that and break, break our hearts Man. for how we can actually change and connect with each other. Yeah. And, and then, and then I think that more and more people doing that, the church standing up, being the church, leading us through this time, you know, coming up against injustice, providing the resources and the space to have the conversations if those things continue to happen the way that I've seen them start, then, you know, the world could actually change uh -huh. in a little bit. Yeah. And I love that both of you, you know, I, the only time I feel like these past few days that I have had any sort of clarity or any sort of hope is in the word. And it's so funny, like, you know, we have our Bible in one year plan on the version app and I'm still mm -hmm. trying to stick with it, but I'm like 20 days behind. But even yeah. today I was reading like what was supposed to be like the beginning of May and it was second Peter. And he was, he was saying that, you know, there's, there's a like in, in the midst of chaos, we might be saying to God, where are you? Like, why would you send coronavirus? Why would you make people, why would, why would people be racist? You know, like all right. of these things, we have all these questions and we want him to come and help and save us. And something that second Peter said was like, you know, Jesus hasn't come yet because he's giving you a chance to repent and turn around and make your wrong decisions. Right. And I feel mm -hmm. like this is, this is a turning point. This is a chance for us to do that. And mm -hmm. to have it begin from the church, it's like that's a movement that will not only heal, but it's going to show the power of God's healing. The, he the only sure. healing that can, that can yeah. fully, completely heal. Yeah. yeah. I agreed. I love that it's felt like a time. I, I love that, you know, in, in, in Lasse's model, you know, we've been down there with them and they are so, you know, we had like community leaders and like the mayor's office and people like that working with the church to actually start to serve the people. Like, what if we could get there? Like, what if like we could really start to work with like some of the political elements of the, our cities and and towns and and really just start to have you know people of god involved in justice involved in decision making involved in you know advocacy because you know jesus was an advocate for for mankind right that 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 is he embodies what it looks like to advocate to sacrifice yourself yeah for the for for the betterment of the human race. So if, if his example is advocacy, then, then we need to advocate, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? And we need to learn yeah. we need to listen and ask those questions uh -huh. and then move, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so no, that's good. That's what we're praying for. That's, that's our good. prayer. And, and one thing, another thing that I, I feel like uh, a part of the whole, um, you know, just reality that we need to educate ourselves more you know, are there any clear leaders right now in the black community that are like, hey, these I mean, you know, or are there things on your minds that you're like, hey, these are the like clear next steps. Like once, you know, the the craziness of of what's going on with Corona and then mm -hmm. once, you know we start making some ground after the protests and things like that, like, you know, and people actually start to talk about 
the steps moving forward. What are those steps that we're, what are, you know, are there any clear steps, clear leaders that we need to be listening to advocating for pushing forward, elevating right now? Joel, take that one. Um, so, so I'm going to take it in a Joel way, of course, <laughs> because I he I've now I think this is the fourth time you've asked in a, the same question in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so, what that tells me is that your heart is yearning yeah. for that next thing. Yeah, that next clear. What do I do? Yeah. And and if I, first of all, I'm going to bless that mm-hmm. because that that is the heart you are doing the, the next step. Mm. You're in the middle of it. We're on the call. That is the next step. Mm. You understand? Yeah. Like we're having a conversation yeah. that is the, that was the next step. And so, and so if, so I blessed that curiosity, I blessed that yearning. I blessed that clarity. The thing that we need to remember and we learned it when, you know, here's the thing. Here's one thing that I think that I'm going to do recently because it keeps coming up in my soul yeah. is to reread the book um, when helping hurts. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Think about it for yeah. us. Yeah. Now. Wow. We we read when helping hurts. Yeah. You know, getting prepared for a mission trip. Right. Let's let's not go down there and be assholes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and the gringos that are like <laughs> taking pictures of the poor kids and let's not do that wow, because yeah. that doesn't help nothing. No. Right. No. So. So, so let's think about that now Mm. here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and one thing that I remember distinctly in that book is the fact that like, we just want to do it we want to go fix it. I I remember my first mission trip being like, we're going to build three houses, not just (laughs) one. And you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, cause I was so fired up to do it, to do something, to solve it, to get to the next step, put the check mark. And we didn't even get the like foundation dug. So it was like, okay, we didn't even build, we didn't even do anything, mm-hmm. but we moved a lot of materials up the side of a very <laughs> steep mountain. But that's probably what and- it feels like though, is that we're up against a steep mountain, right? You know, or what it's been right. feeling like. That's right. But it was, but change happened mm. when my mindset flipped mm. from do all the things to just pay attention to what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Just pay attention to the relationships. Yeah. Just connect with more people. Yeah. Even if you're not looking for answers, just reaching out and being like, yo, I am praying. How can I pray for you? Is yeah. one of the most powerful questions you can ask. If you need a next step, f- pick 20 people and text them tomorrow. Mm. How can I pray for you? Mm. That question. Mm-hmm. And you know what's going to happen? Jesus is going to dance all over that conversation in every conversation. Yeah. And by the end of it, you'll be 10 times more blessed than you were mm-hmm. when you started, because that's how good God is. When yeah. we are just, when we are, when we are kind of like tearing up our to-do list and just, just being with God and, and spending some time on our knees, um, he's going to, he's going to take what, what is going on in our heart and, and guide us. Yeah. And he will. Yeah. And so, and so, that that is the next step and and again i want to bless your your heart and your your call to action and to be honest, and i want to bless the call to action and the urgency that's felt in anyone and everyone that is feeling it mm. now in the united states and i don't care if it was 10 days old mm. 
because there's an age on it now and there wasn't an age on it 10 days ago. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's a, there's something happened today that wasn't happening 10 days ago. Wow. So I just want to bless that at any stage someone's at, mm. if you think that you kind of have some sort of idea of what's going on and you know, you listen to some things and then you start feeling that stirring then, and, and you feel compelled to step into that specific injustice, then let that happen. But the first thing, the first thing, you just, just take a step and have conversations. Mm-hmm. Ask some people how you can pray for them and and tear up your to-do list. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just just let it go. Mm-hmm. Let God let, let God make the to-do list. He's going to make it. Yeah. You know, I promise. I, I actually, on accident, gave you a to-do list of 20 people to pray for tomorrow. <laughs> but that was because I'm letting God tell me what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's not, you yeah. know, like I didn't, I didn't have that in my notes, you know? Yeah. I don't have any notes. <laughs> I did actually write down intersectionally marginalized. <laughs> so I didn't forget that because I thought that was great. Yeah. And Barack Obama said it. So, yes, I wanted to remember <laughs> that word. But but at the end of the day, man, there's 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 something that's so powerful. The Holy Spirit is going to have them lead this revolution mm, mm. in in and through the United States yeah. of America. Yeah. There, there are things that only he can get to. Only God can do. And we need to make sure we let God mm kind of aim us in that direction however it is but he he has promised to order your steps if you call on him Mm -hmm. so so i guess that's two things pray about for a bunch of people and then get on your knees and call on god that's good you know that's great man thank you i think what you guys are doing this is also like exactly it's incredible i think when you ask like what can i do you're doing it Mm -hmm. right thing um and how you guys are sharing the amount of attraction you're getting with this podcast too like i just can't even I, it's incredible to think that this is going to reach so many people and i think the yeah. power of like with joel with my biggest takeaway from joel when we were in our salvador is like the power of sharing yeah like sharing 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 and even when you get to that moment you're like i don't know if i want to push send or i don't know if i how i feel but <laughs> what are people going to think it's like no matter what it's going to touch someone it's going to mm-hmm. have an impact on someone yeah. So it's probably best to share, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely, yourself. absolutely. That's why I tattooed it on my on my <laughs> arm. <laughs> I love, 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 like the power of sharing, and, and for me, it's healed me. Yeah, I, this can be a healing to someone. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we always we always say this, and that like the thing for me is like the only reason. I felt like I really wanted to start this podcast because it's been on my heart even more since we shared that night in El Salvador, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And just being around you, Joel, you were talking about like, you know, you grow closer to people when you come to that point of just really being vulnerable, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that's the whole thing that this is all around. And we're like, like, cause the first thing it's like, man, like, what can I do? Like we, like we, I'm in the Southwest suburbs. Like we can't, like everything's blocked off. We can't get, what can I do? And it just felt so, I felt so much peace and so right that I'm like, let's, let's text Joel and Jasmine right now and let's see if they're down to do this. Cause the sooner, Mm -hmm. the sooner we do it, like it just seems so right to do. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm thankful that you guys are, are here just, and I'm thankful that I can just have you guys in my life to share that, share your, your, words your stories everything your experiences but share that wisdom from the bible because that's that's the only thing i know that that through all of the stuff you hear on the media and all that the truth is in the word 
And that's mm-hmm. like you saying, Joel, that is going to direct our paths, literally going to mm-hmm. direct our paths. Um, mm-hmm. So with the last thing that we usually do now for episode Jasmine, we started doing a little bit after is like the words of affirmation. Joel, you mm-hmm. still owe me an episode. So this doesn't count towards your episode. We're going to do one with you um, okay. as, as our guest. Um, but I want to hear just what words of affirmation would both of you have for people that like us? want to have these conversations, want to know more, what affirmation would you give them? What hopes would you give them that like, hey, like do this, do that, like whatever you need to do, the resources, anything that, you know. Or affirmation to other black Americans who are feeling yeah. really feeling, feeling pain and feeling mm-hmm. angry and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jasmine, we'll start with you when you're ready. Okay, I would say for my brothers and sisters, because I, I feel that frustration, I feel that anger, and I also feel for my our generation, the millennials, the we're a little like yeah, like, like <laughs> too much sometimes yeah. it, for all the right reasons, but because we're so passionate. But to them, I'd say like pray literally pray like you don't know where to start i didn't know where to start it's literally close your eyes yeah sit in silence Mm. um talk just say what you feel out loud Mm -hmm. because sometimes that is enough it's just sitting down and saying it out loud but just knowing that that pain and that hurt and that anger it's okay to feel it Mm. um you've got to talk we got to talk to someone about it you don't have to go and talk to another friend uh, if that's not what you want to do, but just sit down and pray. And mm. I I have some friends like, I don't believe in God. And yeah, talk to somebody. Look <laughs> up, look down, look to the side. <laughs> like, go in the bathroom, shut the door. Like, talk about it because mm-hmm. it will, you'll feel it. I promise you, you'll feel it. Mm-hmm. Cry mm-hmm. If, that, if you need to cry like that. And don't hold it in. I think we're also taught to be strong because mm-hmm. we got this and we've gone through so much let it out mm-hmm. because you don't want to maybe have that person come to you and ask you, Hey, how, what can I do? And you turn on you, that anger and that frustration goes on them because it's like, well, I'm just, I was just trying to get some resources and I thought you'd be a great person. Like mm-hmm. you want to be mindful of that and mm-hmm. obviously share that you're hurting, yeah. but really just pray, pray. I, 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 that's all I can really, really share is talk. Mm-hmm. share and pray mm-hmm. and I, I pray every night and every day for everyone mm-hmm. even enemies yeah mm-hmm. that's that. right pray for your enemies pray for those you know hate you're not born with hate you're taught hate mm-hmm. you, you know there's just more teachings and understanding so pray for everyone not just those who are hurting, but also those who are do just pray. And I know that's hard. It's easier said than done, but just sit down and, and pray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my turn. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm going to talk to black people and then I'm gonna talk to white people. Yeah. And the thing that I want to say to black people is there are things that you have been conditioned to that are, that are, deep inside of you um, that you have to work through and 
so mental health is more important now than it has ever been in in the history of the world probably because as this shift happens and as you know the the only way that the playing field will actually become leveled is if we are beginning to have access to therapy and mental health like uh resources in the black community and so black people ask for and find and seek that sort of counseling um because there's there's things inside of us that we have just thought that they were there as tools um and there are some things that are inside that i found that i've uncovered in a shorter time and then they're in there in a couple months of therapy mm-hmm. um and doing some shame work that there's things inside of me that are that that are inside of me that limit me mm. and and my capacities uh my capacity to to be the best version of me and so so black people destigmatize or normalize their therapy first because i mean we we want to make fun of people that are you know you know going to shrinks and all that kind of stuff but uh-huh. but normalized therapy yeah. uh and uh, echoing jasmine pray get on your knees there's 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 nothing that god can't do uh-huh. period um uh, to white people um white people have had access to, to mental health resources for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, just in general, um, where there's more money, there's more help, you know, there's more, there's mm-hmm. better healthcare. And so I, what I, what I would encourage you to do is in that mental health space is to invite the question into those, into your safe space, whatever it is, invite the question, how have I been racist in my life Uh, into that space uh um into a safe space and and however you have to start to unpack that to start doing it yeah um to start start having the the courage to stand up for people that are not like you and to also understand that there's enough resources to go around in the world. I think that there's been something that has been in America that has just this, there's this thought process that there's just not enough. So we got to fight for ours. And if we keep ours, then, you know, and no one else gets theirs and that's not, that's on them. We got ours and there's enough to go around. Um, so I, I would start having those, I would ha- start having t- some of those questions. Um, but then take it a step further and, and really start to intentionally ask some questions and learn and listen with some of those resources that are out there. Um, because to be honest with you, one thing that, that my mom, that I learned from my mom, my mom marched with, you know, Martin Luther King and Jesse Jackson and all that is that we, we can't do it alone either side need none of us we can't do it alone you know we can we can sit back and tell everyone about how, how what we're owed and we, we didn't get what we were owed and all that kind of stuff and all but here's the thing if if everybody's not in this it's not going to change no. it, you know and we can't we cannot do it alone so we need 
you know what I, I studied in Mar- I started started in Martin Luther King. I think everybody studied Martin Luther King because he's, you know, passive and and uh, and, you know, Bible based and a pastor and, you know, peaceful and all that kind of stuff. But I actually studied Malcolm X just mm. as much as I studied Martin Luther King yeah. uh, when I was growing up. And I, and it was very interesting. Their lot, the way their lives were, and they were both, you know, at the same time, um, activists in the movement of, you know, fighting racial injustice. Mm-hmm. And they, they had different styles. Yes. Right. And Martin Luther King, peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm X was, you know, known by, by any means necessary. So he's mm-hmm. militant and, you know, nation of Islam had all the guns. And so it was like, you know, it was like scary, you know, like, oh, you know, like they're going to take their, you know, they're going to fight us. And then on the other side, it's like, you know, it's, it's Martin Luther King and, and their, their roads were, were really parallel. But if you were to take their lives, their timeline, their lives as a timeline and put them side by side, the most interesting thing that you would ever imagine happens towards the end of Martin Luther King's life. He was like, all right. Maybe it's time to tear up some shit. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of Martin Luther King's life, he was like, oh, we need white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The last year of Mar- Malcolm X's life, he, he took his pilgrimage to Mecca. Mm. And, you know, because, you know, um, part, as a, his religious practice, he took his pilgrimage to Mecca and he found Muslims with blonde hair and blue eyes. And so I think that the most interesting intersection where, you know what, sometimes you got to tear some shit up mm-hmm. and I mean, and love and love and love and love and love and love and love. And every once in a while, flip a table. Sorry, <laughs> I've said shit too many times. I'm a pastor, supposedly. <laughs> but Jesus flipped tables. It was, there's a time for righteous anger. Yeah. And, and he and he was realizing that. And at the same time, the, the more militant one was was welcoming more people into the fold. Mm understanding that it's not a fight that we can fight by ourselves. Mm. And so, so that cross section is where I find the truth. Wow. There's there, it is righteous to be angry. It is righteous to flip tables when it's called anger is an emotion that God put inside of us. It's not Mm. a sin to be angry. No, no. It's what we do with this, with anger that becomes the sin. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's righteous to have anger. This is a time for righteous anger to be boiling over. It is not okay to smash windows and tear up the, you know what I'm saying? And and threaten people and beat up. That is not, that Mm -hmm. is not it. Mm -hmm. I can, I can understand how we got to this powder keg and it exploded and like there's shrapnel. Mm -hmm. I understand it. Not saying it's okay, but there is a, but there is a way to use your voice. And there is a there is a way to be an activist. There is a there is a way to be righteously mm. angry in this time. And that, I believe, can lead is allowed to lead us into a change. Uh, Jesus was a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was he was he was like walking around with women in a public. Disruptor. You're not allowed to do that. Two thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. He's a preacher. He's a he's a single pastor. He he's not allowed to. You're, so so he's a man not allowed to touch women and he's touching and healing women. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. He's healing people on the Sabbath. What? You know, like, you know, he's breaking all the rules. He's doing all the things righteously mm-hmm. to bring and deliver love to the world, to bring love, forgiveness to the world. And so and so there's a there's a space for that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but in that on both sides is going to have to be listening. Yeah. You're going to have to listen to some white people mess it up and say mm-hmm. the wrong thing. And, you know, and, you know, the Karens and the Beckys and all that, whatever it is, <laughs> you're going to <laughs> you're gonna have to hear that and be like, all right, she's trying, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then the flip side, you're going to, ha- you know, white people are going to have to listen to black people and be like, I, well, I, I just can't, I can't, it doesn't make sense. Mm. Well, you're going to have to think a little bit harder about it too, because it's happening. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and what we have witnessed has been this powder keg of emotion and systemic racism dominating this culture in this world for just too long. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you both. Very for well said. Yeah. No, I, the last thing I just want to ask uh, Joel, if is you could, you started us with some prayer. Can you close us out with some prayer? And I Absolutely. definitely want to do this again with you guys. And, and this has been really um, just good for us. Just as a, you know, as we're, we're a mixed couple, you know, me and Catherine here, but we're mm-hmm. not, we're not black. So I think it's good for us to, go through this together, learn this together and what that means from all sides. Because I know we talked about it one day where, you know, we, we plan on getting married and we plan on having kids and, and they might, we don't want them to grow up in that way where they mm-hmm. might look white or, or, you know, Spanish, but their last name is Garcia. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We don't, that those are the realities of it though. And, and I'm so thankful for this and, and learning from you guys and, and I, I am hopeful. Like, I don't think I was hopeful a couple of days ago because, like we said, with the virus, with all everything, it's just I felt suffocated. But, mm-hmm. you know, being able to just be honest and say, hey, I don't know. I, I'm not mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know. Um, mm-hmm. I feel a lot better. I feel I'm not you know, we're not going to be perfect, but I feel I feel so much better and relief and ready to continue moving forward with you guys. Mm hmm. Yeah, we can. I can do this all day. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. If you can, um, yeah, close us out in prayer for our listeners. Um, and yeah. yeah, just yeah, just this was amazing. This was a really great talk. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you. Cool. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, you're so good. You're so good. We thank you for that reminder today that when we gather, you will reveal yourself. You'll be there. You'll join us. You'll sit with us. You'll illuminate scripture with us. You'll hold our hand like a good dad would. You'll allow our insecurities to melt away into your arms. You'll allow your peace to fill the room. You'll you'll allow anxiety to to melt away once we invite you into the conversation. And Lord, we need to invite you into this conversation on a very, very, very big level, a very, very widespread pandemic number two. Mm -hmm. Well, probably pandemic number one, Mm -hmm. honestly, honestly, the first pandemic, the first, uh, widespread killer the the first injustice the this this country's original sin we invite you lord into that space and it feels like such a vast space lord there's people that don't want to have these conversations that'll never ask that'll never listen 
that are too stuck in their ways. We pray for them, Lord. We pray for them that that something about their life, their day, their experience, their the information that they receive, something about it just sounds a little bit different. It's, creates a little bit more curiosity around it, Lord. So for the people that are not willing to have this conversation first, Lord, we pray for them. We pray for those that are enemies of righteousness, that their hearts be broken for you. We pray for our leaders who sometimes feel like enemies of righteousness, to be to be honest, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that that you break their hearts to lead us well, to allow change and reform to happen through this country that we understand Lord that you have put every single person in place every single every single like piece on the board is where they were supposed to be and we acknowledge that and we submit to that truth first but we pray for our leaders we pray for our national and state and local and city leaders Lord to just have a radical awakening to justice and where they've missed it or it hasn't been popular or it hasn't been status quo or it just hasn't been top of mind, Lord. We pray that this movement and these people and your people crying out wakes them up and wakes this world up. And Lord, for for specifically, Lord, for Catherine and Julian stepping into this space, we want to bless them, encourage them, Lord, to continue to ask these questions and to be part of the solution uh, step by step and give them confidence in their baby steps, Lord. And, and it's clear, it's so clear that they want to, they want to run down the field and score a justice touchdown. And, and that is honorable Lord. We, we thank you for people that, that are looking at the goal and understanding what the clear goal is and that the clear goal is racial justice and a change in this world. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that vision. We bless that vision. Lord, also we bless the process that it takes to get strong enough to, to carry the ball, mm. strong enough to carry the message, the training that it takes to be awake, wiping the coal out of our eyes and brushing our teeth and, having a cup of coffee and listening, you know, when, when we're newly awake, Lord, and we're all newly awake to something, we're all newly awake to something in this time, Lord. So as we all wake up to our own buried systemic racism and injustice that's in us inevitably, as we all wake up, Lord, let us find a beautiful meeting ground, Lord, that, that you have prepared for us to meet at, to communicate at, to continue to hear, listen, and listen with without the intent to talk, Lord. Let there just be this pure listening and curiosity that's happening, Lord. We're people that just, we, we are people that are trained to do things and to have lists and to knock out lists and go step by step and Lord, I, I just pray that you give us permission to tear up all our lists, start over wherever you want us, however you want us, whatever you want us to do, whatever our next move is supposed to be, please guide it, Lord. Let us find ourselves on our knees more often and in your word daily. That's my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for the show and this time. I bless my sister Jasmine, Lord, that she can go out into the world, Lord, and be a beacon of 
hope, a beacon of your light, Lord. You've called us to, to not hide our light. So let us continue to build ourselves by learning your word to fulfill the calling that you've placed on our lives. We thank you that for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you.